Welcome to Coffee and Creatives. In this episode, we talk about making art on an uneven playing field, who we show our work to, and what we can learn about our craft. We also find out which of us would read reviews of our work if we could. Listen to this episode to find out. Becca, what are you drinking? I am drinking cranberry juice with a um, seltzer water Ooh. and lime, but no vodka mm. because I am bad. <laughs> but that sounds good. Yeah. It does sound good. What are you drinking, Christina? I'm drinking a lovely cab. That's so great for <laughs> <Very> you. <nice. laughs> Just for you. Somebody brought this to for you. <laughs> I love cabs. Actually, I love all wine. Mm. I don't. Somebody gave Derek like a free bottle of wine today. Like they like it was like a secret. He doesn't know who at his work gave it to him, but they just like gave him a bottle of wine. He's like, look, a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> like, ah. Well, are you like, like, will you do like a glass or like, now that you're almost, you know, the babies? Once I get to the third trimester, my doctor said it's okay if I drink like half a glass of wine one to two times a week. But my mother does listen to this (laughs) podcast, so I think she's probably having a panic attack right now. Well, to ease her fears, (laughs) my doula friend would say the same thing. She's like an expert. So So once you get to the third trimester, you just do shots. (laughs) Shots, shots. (laughs) What are you drinking, Nate? Um, I have a vodka tonic which is unusual for me because I'm not usually a vodka person, but this is um, it's a maple vodka that is locally distilled. It's from Route 40 Distilling in Frostburg, Maryland. Um, and it is the maple flavor is really strong. And so if I drink it by itself, it like doesn't really taste like it's a vodka. Like it almost reads like a whiskey. Mm. But in a vodka tonic, the tonic sort of makes it a little bit more subtle and it's it's very good i've never actually made a vodka tonic with it before tonight i wanted to do something interesting because i knew i was going to be asked what i was drinking so that is so fancy you could like pour it on your pancakes for like a really interesting day <laughs> <laughs> that would be very interesting see what happens it would go great i'm sure <laughs> oh my gosh why is nate talking so much today what, we don't know. what's wrong with him he finally seems not anxious <laughs> This is the most relaxed I've ever seen that guy. <laughs> on a really good day, he I guess. just threw up. What is happening? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So this week's uh, pages in The War of Art, we did pages 80 to 93. Um, did anybody have any just, like, guttural reactions to anything? Um, I was surprised that Stephen Pressfield has a friend whose name is just The Hawk. Uh, <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> and he like just says it like it's normal. And my friend The Hawk and I were playing the first hole at Presswick and Scott like... How did I miss that? Okay. Page 81. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just right name there. drops Page The 81. Hawk. My friend... And it's like The Hawk capitalized. Like Right, yeah. Also, I don't, I just, I didn't know what 360 Tomahawk Jam was. Like on page 83 when he was like, this doesn't mean that the professional doesn't throw down a 360 Tomahawk Jam from time to time. 
And I could not figure out what that meant. And I asked like two people if they knew what it meant and they said no. I didn't. Do you know what that I didn't is? know what it meant, but I did have a hypothesis, which I guess I could Google, but I chose not to. Um, which is like... Yeah, I keep trying to figure things out without Googling them, but now I'm just confused a lot. I think it's when, like, have you ever seen, like, when, like, a guitarist will, like, do, like, mm. sort of, like, pinwheel their, their whole arm? Oh. Which is, like, it serves no purpose at all, except that it looks kind of cool. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah. I think that that is maybe what he's talking about, but I didn't know either. I think you're that's right. Just, that's a guess on my part. I'm going to Google, Google it. it. I have to know. I, I'm going to be pretty proud of myself if I'm right. I'm going to be very proud of you. <laughs> it looks like it's like a, a dunk thing. Oh. For basketball. Oh. Are you like, Maybe it's both. Maybe it could be like... 360. <laughs> yeah, but why would that be 360? Nate's makes more sense with like the... The rotation. We should change. We should the change it so that I'm not just uh, just wrong recorded forever. Well, it's <laughs> okay. The world now knows that I drink half a glass of wine in the third trimester. So. It's really okay. I mean, those were really deep initial thoughts of the chapters. Oh yeah. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> so now Thanks. we'll just jump in. I tried really hard. <laughs> I have a master's in knowing how to read, so you know. Well, you know. I well I will say this. This is like more of an actual thought. Um I you know, there's like a chapter that's the title is a professional does not hesitate to ask for help. And that's like a, almost like a pleasant surprise to mm. me. Because, like, in a previous chapter, he was like, you know, workshops are garbage, and, like, you just got to do it. And, like, he's been very, like, um, mm. he's been very sort of uh, forceful about, like, just do it. Be a Marine and be miserable and, like, be, you know. Yeah, like, but, pain is weakness. Right. Leaving the body. Love or, like, tough, I don't know, be a man. Yeah. A resilience to it know. instead of a sentimentality, right. I guess. But then here he's like, but actually, you know, a profet like part of being a professional and part of sucking it up and doing it is asking for help when you need it. And that's, I appreciate that. You do it, just ask for help. Right, yeah. 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 Yeah, there's an, a, another contradiction we're going to talk about later that I was like, what? Like, it's just like <laughs> very interesting. Um, but first, we're just going to like jump right in with kind of and do the challenges throughout. But... Um, on page 81, he says, um, at the very end of the section, the field is level, the professional understands only in heaven. Um, and he's kind of talking about like just adversity that comes up, like, uh, rotten calls, good breaks, lucky bounces, adversity, injustice, things like that. Basically like things that get in the way and the, um, the title of the section is The Professional Plays It As It Lays, which I just thought was like kind of an interesting thing to explore. And I was thinking about this exercise, which the exercise was to um, just notice some things that you see as like uneven ground in your profession or like in your medium, I guess. Um, and I was thinking about this and I was like, man, that's kind of like, I don't know what the best word is. Maybe Becca knows, like self-indulgent or like, 
it could get kind of like, oh, woe is me. Like, things are so hard. The, the ground is so unlevel. Um, but we're going to do it anyway, because why not? Um, you brought your wine. Yeah, so I got my wine. And if you want to say, like, and maybe you thought about it and you were like, you know what? Actually, like, it's really not that bad. And I need to, like, grow up, like Stephen Pressfield would say. But um, I don't know. For me, I think a lot of times I... Maybe it's because it's, like, so in the, um, like, public conversation right now, but just, like, gender and, like, um, like in th theater is talked about a lot. I mean, right now people are talking a lot about, like, race and stuff, but before race it was, like, oh, there's no women in theater, there's no women writers, it's all, like, men, old, white, gay men, <laughs> like, writing for theater, like doing theater, um, and so I feel like that's like something that I think about a lot, but then I've also heard a lot of like really encouraging things from people, like in podcasts and stuff, they're like, you know what, like it's getting so much better, like they're, they are out there and it's just like, like don't give up, like keep doing it, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And then I guess the other thing was, wait, what was the other thing? I can't remember. Oh, the other thing was, um, I guess, just feeling like, oh, I didn't, like, study enough or something, or, like, oh, I didn't, like, yeah, I studied music, but, like, I didn't study, like, theater. Like, I didn't go to, like, all these people, like, are really educated in this, like, very specific thing. So that sometimes gets me kind of, like, I don't know, discouraged or, like, thinking wrongly that like I need to have a certain like path or something to be like, creative or like I don't know successful or even just like make my work or whatever um yeah I feel the same way about well not about you about me <laughs> <laughs> like like, <laughs> like oh I don't have like a I haven't studied creative writing or, or mm. things like that so um, am I even qualified to do creative writing, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I have a little bit of that with music as well. Not, not necessarily because I haven't studied it, but just because I don't have the technical background, which is partially from not studying it, but I also know plenty of people who have also not studied it, but do have the technical background. Mm. Um, so I think I, I think that's probably a fairly common thing. When, um, I was thinking about this, about the level playing field, or in what ways is it not level. Um, it it kind of had, like, it connected really well with something that I was teaching, um, because I was teaching about um, J.D. Vance, who wrote this book called Hillbilly Elegy. Mm. And, it was a movie, um, right? It's like his... Or, yeah, and it, yeah. it recently came out as a movie. Um, it's a really good book. Um, but in it, so he is from Appalachia and he grew up really poor, part of the opioid cri or his family is part of the opioid crisis. Um, and he man managed to overcome those things and went to Yale and became a lawyer, very successful lawyer. Um, so I was talking with my students about some of his themes and stuff and he has this Ted talk and in it, 
he talked about how the deck is stacked against you in some ways but also you can do whatever you want and you have to have this like paradox of like yes there are things I'm at a disadvantage of but I can still do it um and how that was the most important message for him as a teenager from his grandmother where she was like yeah there's things that you're at a disadvantage but you can still do it and that will like was really what propelled him to like go to the marines and go to the ohio state and then go to yale um mm -hmm. so i thought that was really interesting yeah um just kind of like you need to have that mindset of like yes these some of these things i don't have and i think in some ways where it's not like so out of breath because I'm so pregnant. Um, like, sorry if I'm breathing really hard right now. Right now. <laughs> Actually, I'm on a marathon. <laughs> and I'm 500 pounds. Um, I think like one way, I guess it's similar to yours, is that I don't have like the specific education for what I'm looking at. And then I don't have like connections because of that. Mm. Or like I don't live in an area where I can make connections with like publishers or other people like th uh, like that even though I do have like connections at w that I found I'll talk about later when I had somebody look at my work where I was like oh there are things available mm. to me I need to not discredit all the things that are available to me but I guess just feeling less connected because I'm in a more rural area so my community is mm. smaller yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah did you have anything else Nate that was different from um, I did, yeah, and this is, this, the, the stuff that I kind of thought of is mercifully not something that I've had to deal with a whole lot, but I was thinking about sort of like local music, um, and what it's like doing that in sort of a, a smaller area, um, and the unfortunate reality is that there's like sort of like, like social politics and stuff among local artists um mm. there's a lot of positivity to be found in local music and like this is i don't want to just come across as complaining about local music because i really have not experienced much of this but i've seen enough of it um to know that it's there um derek has experienced right this. yeah and i and that you know the the reality is like it's a it's a scene that is made up of people who each have their own you know flaws and ambitions and strong opinions and blind spots um and so, and that sometimes causes interactions between artists to sort of devolve into like gossip and pettiness and even like outright sabotage sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, this is not something that I've been like personally hurt by or anything like that, but even just knowing that it's out there is kind of a bummer. And it's, it's, it's like an extra thing to think about. Like when, mm -hmm. when I'm like navigating like relationships with, um, you know, other musicians and and that sort of thing and there's politics that go on between like you know artists and venues as well and like the people who own venues and stuff about like things like how you know how much is it reasonable to ask to get paid and like um you know this you know maybe this venue wants to do maybe they want to then maybe they don't want to hire artists to play originals because they don't think that people are going to come out to hear songs they don't know and like that kind of thing um, so really just the, the politics of it. And I think that's something that I unfortunately like may end up having to deal with more of just the more time I spend in the scene and the more gigs that like we schedule for the band and stuff. 
Um, but that, that really, I think, to me, seems like the biggest obstacle. And I think that's probably the case with like trying to do live music anywhere. Mm. Um, but I think in a small town, it's particularly pronounced because there's a limited number of venues um, and everybody kind of knows everybody. Yeah. So if, if things start to go south with, you know, one particular artist or one particular venue or whatever, like it's not, you can't really escape it. Um, yeah. You can, but you kind of have to just like shut yourself off from folks. And the way that I'm talking about it makes it sound like I've experienced way more of it than I have, but it mm-hmm. is, it's just something that's there. And like, I have enough friends who are musicians to kind of know what's going on, even if I'm not right in the middle of it. Now I've got that song where it's like, small town. <laughs> I cannot stand that song. Small <laughs> town. It's a good song. <laughs> good song, sure, yeah. Don't be intimidated by my, my musical uh, prowess. <laughs> that's funny. But I knew exactly what song you were doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's hard because I think it's good to, like, I don't know. It's. I think it's okay to keep this stuff in mind, but just like not get. I guess. I guess the reason he even brings it up is to not let it be like a huge source of resistance, like mm-hmm. a, a crippling, mm-hmm. like. I don't know, thing and like. Everybody has you know everybody like has something right like every, field every medium, every city every town like there are problems I think that like small towns you know struggle with that maybe don't have like you don't have in the big city but you have like Mm -hmm. other things Mm -hmm. um for sure yeah so yeah yeah and I think being aware of these things is helpful because I mean like you said that the the name of the section is like talks about you know play it as it lays and I think to really do that, you kind of have to have a little bit of an understanding of, you know, what is the lay of the land? Like it's, I think it's, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like Becca was saying, like you, you do just kind of have to move through it anyway, but it is. Uh, yeah. And I think identifying like weak points is like how you grow right. where you're like, this is a potential like problem spot. So I'll be aware of that so I can work on right. it you know? it's just sort of operating in the reality in which you live um mm-hmm. not necessarily ignoring the problems but not letting them sort of bog you down either okay so the next uh exercise is from page 84 and the title of this section is a professional dedicates himself to mastering technique um he says the professional respects his craft he does not consider himself superior to, to it. And then further down, he says, the professional is sly. He knows that by toiling beside the front door of technique, he leaves room for genius to enter by the back. Um, and I think this is probably a really, like, talked about thing in, like, creativity or, like, art, um, just, like, the whole thing of craft. Um... And so the exercise was, what is one way you can study the technique of your craft? Or I guess it could be study your craft. Um, Become a student again, read, watch, or learn. 
some technique. Was this, how did you guys find this? Was this difficult? Was it easy? I found this so helpful to think Great. about it in this way. Um, actually, I think this past week was probably one of the most helpful weeks I've had with Coffee and Creatives. That's um, amazing. Yeah, good job, Christina. Star Baker. <laughs> <laughs> um, Happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, I like sometimes when I think about, well, I just need to read more, so I'll just read another book. Mm. Um, but like thinking about like, and and I just loved in the book how he wrote about how. Um, Tiger Woods still has like uh, a coach, like someone who helps him and um, just like how that's important. Um, so I read so I struggle sometimes with dialogue, making it feel natural. It feels mm. kind of like st like stilted when I read it. It just. Um, yeah. It, yeah. So I r was reading some articles and stuff on how techniques and looking at exercises for improving dialogue. It was really practical and really helpful. So. That's, good. That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. The best advice I ever got about writing dialogue was from my friend. And she said, she just said to me, well, do you know how to talk? <laughs> and I, was like, I just like looked at her and she's like, then you can write dialogue. And I'm like, well, yeah, but if that were true, then everybody would be writing dialogue. <laughs> but she was like, she was. I guess maybe somebody had said that to her or something because she was having trouble with it. And mm. So there you go, Becca. Sometimes I'm not really conscious of the way people talk. Mm. I remember one time I recorded a little girl to analyze like her grammatical patterns for a project for school. Mm. And I remember when I was doing it, I was like, I never noticed that she's doing like... Um, the past tense for the perfect tense and I also didn't notice that she's doing the accusative case and this and like just like I never looked at the details of it and it just sounded like a little kid talking mm. but like kind of like recording it and analyzing it I realized there was a lot more going like there was a, a specific pattern to it mm -hmm. so I think I just need to pay more attention yeah, because it's hard, right? It's something you don't think that, like, you, like, you kind of think that way. Like, think, well, oh, I know, like, how people talk. But, like, we're just so used to talking and not, like, Good studying. morning, friend. How are yeah. you <laughs> right, today? Right. <laughs> so it is hard. I mean, I don't know. What about you, Nate? Um, so this was, um, I took a somewhat casual approach to this. I watched I just watched some YouTube videos of um, songwriters talking about their craft and their approach to songwriting. Um, mm -hmm. I watched like this. It was like a, it was like a, fourteen-minute uh, interview with Paul McCartney about his mm. um, approach to songwriting, which was kind of surprising to me because his whole thing was basically like. Yeah, like my technique is that I don't really have a technique. I just kind of go into a song, maybe with like an idea or something vague, but just try to, the, the, um, the, the thing that I sort of got from him that I want to try, I haven't done it yet, but, um, one thing that he said was that he would try to like write the song in one go, just front to back and then go mm -hmm. back in and edit later. And that's like not how I 
approach songs at all. I I write what I can in pieces and then try to put it together usually. Um, so, but I watched that and then I, I watched a couple of different videos of like Ed Sheeran talking about songwriting. Hmm. Um, and then this guy, Jake Gosling, who has, has writing credits on songs with like Ed Sheeran, Shawn Mendes, Shania Twain, hmm. like lots of big names. Um, and a little bit from Taylor Swift as well. And I, um, one of my favorite things that I heard, and I had actually heard Ed Sheeran say this before, but it was a long time ago, and I just kind of just watched the video again. His thing that he said about songwriting was like, it's kind of like, like a dirty tap where like you turn on the water and just like all of this dirty, just nasty, gross water comes out. You got to get all the dirty water out before you're going to, you, before you're going to get any clean water. So just write mm. a lot and you're going to write a lot of garbage songs at the beginning because you're just getting the dirty water out of the tap. But eventually you're going to start getting some clean water coming through and it's stuff's going to get better and better. And even after the water is clean, occasionally you're going to get like a little bit of garbage water in there. You might like not every song is going to be a winner, but um, his take on it is basically just do it a lot mm -hmm. um, and get the, get the stuff that's not good out of your system. Um, and the more you write, the more likely it is that, you know, stuff that you write is going to be good. Yeah. Um, good will come out. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, cool. I, uh, definitely thought it was interesting. And these are like with the, I didn't know who Jake Gosling was before. I it was just like in one of the search results when I was looking for Ed Sheeran. Hmm. But with, with the exception of him, I like sought out artists who I knew, I respected a lot as songwriters just to sort of see what they had to say. And so from that perspective, it was just really interesting. And there are, you know, one or two things that I want to try to take from it. Taylor Swift talked a little bit about like, you know, the importance of like a hook. And mm. that's like not something that I tend to think about very much when I write a song and it probably should be because especially since I tend to write stuff that's like a little bit poppy. Mm. Um, so it was really it was informative and interesting just to hear yeah. like, songwriters i respect talk about their craft yeah Did you know? I... oh sorry go ahead no go ahead Becca. mine is off topic oh go ahead though <laughs> did you know <laughs> that john lennon and paul mccartney found out that kids were um analyzing their songs in high school english classes so then they wrote the oh what is it the i am the walrus i am the walrus yeah. oh yeah, yeah specifically because like they're like no don't analyze our yeah. songs right. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. I love that, I love <laughs> that so <laughs> much. So great. Yeah. That was on topic. Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> no, I was yeah. just going to say, I think I've said this, about, talked about this podcast before, but you got to listen to the Soda Jerker podcast because they interview like yeah. crazy famous people. Then they interview people that I've like never heard of, but then they'll like randomly interview like Paul McCartney or like just like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who else they've interviewed, but like really famous people and you're like what how did you, but, how did you get this person i know i'm like but they've been <laughs> can you pass like, them along to coffee and creatives <laughs> <laughs> i know i know right uh anyway um for me i well two things one is i a couple weeks ago I, or maybe it was like months ago now i got um this book called putting it together by james lapine or lapine um and it's all about like the process of Sunday in the Park with George and like how that musical like happened basically um and I finally started it this week 
and that's been really interesting. Um, not really like a, I don't know, maybe not like a technique perspective, but just like, I think it's been interesting because he was like a novice when he did that. And like, he always in the book, he's like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like working with Sondheim and like, ah, I didn't know what I was doing. And so that's been really interesting. And he talks like a little bit about like crafting the, the musical and like stuff like that. Um, so that's been cool. But the other thing is I have this book called um, Secrets of the American Musical, I think, or The Secret or something. And I read it a couple years ago and it's by Jack Bertel and it's like a very specific kind of like blueprint for like the American Musical. And it's a very like technical book, but he also like uses a ton of examples across the board from like musicals and like how each one kind of like does fit in this kind of like sequence and mold and like here's why and like they may vary a little bit like even Hamilton or like newer stuff but um, it kind of takes like even each song not in a specific musical but like how the songs progress and like how they're similar and like in what ways and it's just like a really interesting book so I'm I've been like going back to that book and like reading sections again um and yeah so it's just been like really interesting because I read it before I kind of started on this project so again it's it's just been good to like go back and compare um and it's hard because like I think with craft at least like with this medium it's like you want it to be crafted like like the amazing ones but like you also don't want it to be like like I don't want it to be too craft like too what's the word like oh I'm trying to follow like a template or something right yeah you don't want to make something that's already been made yeah and like but but also in the book he's he says a lot like there's a reason like there's a reason this has worked for like so many years and there's a reason like people keep like doing it this way not like fully but there are elements in like mm -hmm. a lot of musicals of this kind of like template I don't like to use the word template but like kind of is yeah it kind of reminds me of like the hero's journey but for musicals I don't like it's yeah every sort of story fits into this template but the stories are still unique in themselves yeah makes me think of a wrinkle in time when they go to the planet and he's talking is like when they're like you have to all be the same you have to all be the same and um then he's like it's like a sonnet there's rules but there's so much creativity within the rules mm. mm -hmm. yeah and it kind of does give you like it gives you like limitations are actually freeing sometimes oftentimes you know yeah, and, yeah. um to just I think have such some a structure huge American thing of like I have to march to the beat of my own drum mm -hmm. I must be like specific and unique in a way that no one has mm -hmm. I think that's not like wrong but like what you said there's freedom within limits so it's like finding um I maybe like that sweet spot where it's like still inside the genre but innovative inside those like rules yeah inside right. the limits. like march to the beat of your own drum but like rhythm still matters <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> yeah 
Um, okay, so moving on. Um, this wasn't. This isn't a like a challenge, um, but on page eighty-five, it's kind of what um, Nate was talking about earlier, where he said the professional does not hesitate to ask for help. And I was just wondering, like, if you guys feel like you um, do that, like, in your journey, or like if you find yourself asking for help or even like find yourself wanting a mentor or if that kind of feels like down the road or if that kind of feels like oh well like I did that in college I had a mentor like I'm I don't know just like was wondering what you guys what your thoughts were on this and like do you do you like ask for help I guess or like, do you feel like you have people that you can ask for help, maybe? I, I definitely feel like I have people I can ask for help. I would not, I wouldn't say that I have like a songwriting mentor per se. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have, like there's been instances where, so like there's one song on um, my band's album that I, like I wrote it and I knew that I wanted it to have like a particular sound, but I also knew that I didn't really know how to get there. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted it to be like sort of jazzy, sort of swingy sound. Like it was like produced maybe like in the forties and like, there's like chord shapes and stuff like that, that, that lend toward that sound. But I don't know how to play those chords. I don't know how to do it. Um, I knew the melody that I wanted. I knew the general feel and I knew like if I was going to play this song with chords that I know how to play, here's how I would do it. Um, but I handed the song to Seth, um, who is another member of church folk. Um, mm -hmm. and I was like, look, like, I know that you are I, I, really a better guitar player than I am. Um, can you take this and make it sound like this? And he did. And the version of the song that's on the album, those are not my chords that I wrote. They're my lyrics and it's my melody. Um, but I handed the song off to him because I knew that I couldn't finish it in quite the way that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I do, I know that there, and, and he, and like, you know, there are plenty of people like Katie, who was the other member of church folk. Like, I know that like, she's really, really great at aspects of songwriting that, um, that I'm not great at. And same with Seth. And I know lots of, um, I know lots of people who are musicians who are who I respect a lot as songwriters and who I'm close enough with as friends that I could ask them for help at any time, which we'll get to in I think one the, the last exercise has to do mm -hmm. with that as well. But um Yeah, so it's kind of more like community for you, like Right, yeah. More like um, um I'm kind of just sort of I mean I it's kind of ridiculous actually how many songwriters I know and am friends with. Mm -hmm. Um so it's that are like in your town or city? Yeah, yeah. Um, and who I have easy access to and not even just easy access to, but who I am, who are like friends. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, definitely more of a community thing than like a mentor thing. Mm. Um, it's never really occurred to me to have like a songwriting mentor, not because I don't think I need help, but just because I didn't, it didn't ever cross my mind that, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes I'll be listening to a, 
podcast or something and they're like, you need to find a mentor. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I need to find a mentor. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like maybe it depends on on the field. I mean, I definitely think, of course, you can like learn from people. I think if there's any, like, I don't know, hindrance to it, at least for me, it's like just feeling like people are, the people that I would want to be my mentor, like too busy or like too like, like they would never be my mentor, you know? Like <laughs> we just like email, um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, like when about <laughs> right, right, like hey man, what do you got going on? Nothing, right? Yeah, but I, yeah. Do, I do think like, like you, I think I've found like people here that I, trust and like see as even like a step ahead of like where I am in, mm -hmm. in an area and like I have been able to be like hey can I like can we get a coffee or something and so I think yeah it's kind of like a community type thing but for me like I would yeah I'd love to have somebody that could be like I don't know more that it was like a more significant role maybe that was more common like years ago i don't know it may have been like i don't know becca what do you what did you think about this or i know i didn't uh, really give you time to think about this oh no but. that's okay um i think just having the exercise of having someone look at my work this week made me really realize how this is like something really missing that i need mm. um but I also feel like really, I guess, like stuck in this. Way. I have resistance. Um, mm. The because I feel like I don't have enough, or I haven't figured out figured out enough on my own end to have someone like mentor it. And then, mm. but then, I, like, I need feedback to like show me, like, or to point me in like areas I need to grow in. And I think I've struggled with. Um, well, being very protective of showing uh, people my creative writing, and I guess just because I feel pretty insecure about it and like mm. that I need to make it better before it's ready. But when I do, a lot of the times people will just say like, oh, that's good, but not like, mm. I don't know, not like, oh, you need to work on yeah. your dialogue, you know, just kind of like, oh, that's fine. That's Which good. is kind of like worse mm -hmm. when they're like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. And then just kind of like wondering like, is it actually good or is this all trash? I don't know. I wish somebody mm. would tell me, but I'm not going to show anybody because, you know, <laughs> that's not going to work. So so just feeling kind of like, I guess, like paralyzed by fear, but also needing help. I'm not always sure where to go for that. Yeah, well, and it's hard because it's like, I guess, like, going into the next challenge of, like, showing your work. Um, but, like, you want somebody that you trust, but that is also, like, going to not, like, sugarcoat anything, but also that's not going to be, like, mean. <laughs> yeah, because I have had people balance. be really mean. Yeah. Like, they were just kind of like, I don't like anything about what you do. I'm like, okay. Yikes. Cool. Um, yeah. You know how they be casual. Haters gonna hate. Yeah, but I think some of actually the most positive feedback that I've had 
was from you, Christina, on my like blog writing where you're like, it's really good. And I was like, Christina knows what she's talking about. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's not all terrible. No. So thanks. No, you're welcome. I mean that. Um, Yeah. So this challenge, which we're kind of already talking about, was um, show your work to someone, get feedback. Don't take it personal if you can. Um, And this was uh, he talks about this so he talks about this in like two different sections on page 87 and but then also again on page 93 um so he says a professional does not take failure or success personally um the professional gives an ear to criticism seeking to learn and grow but never forgets resistance is using criticism against her on a far more diabolical level um, so basically, like, the idea that it's good, but you don't want to, like, take it too much to heart, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And then on page, ah, where is it, 93, um, remember, resistance wants us to cede sovereignty to others. It wants us to take our self-worth, our identity, our reason for being on the response of others to our work. Resistance knows we can't take this. No one can. Um, And I kind of felt like sometimes he, like, contradicts himself, we know, but, like, on one hand, he's like, listen to criticism, understand it, but also, like, nobody can, like, (laughs) tell you. I don't know. It was just, like, kind of funny. Um, But I think it's, like, I think it's a really good, a tool obviously to like to get feedback if you can when you can um so becca you were saying that you did get some feedback and it was really good so i was thinking about it was like who could i even ask who's someone who's like who knows the craft well but who also will be like kind in like the way that they give their criticisms and it had never occurred to me before that my one friend that she like studied writing and rhetoric and all of these things and is um, really well versed. Like she reads um, really like in a, I feel like like on another level and she writes really well. Um, And she studied the craft a lot and she always has like lots of insights. Um, Her name's Lori. She's great. Um, So I asked her, and she gave really good like points about like the like the technical end of the craft mm. which were very helpful um but then also in reading um what she did she just gave me she was like this is what i think i'm just going to give you like my responses after each paragraph of what where my mind is as i read it and so that was really helpful too to have mm. like an outside perspective That's really cool so she had like the technical but then also like this is what my experience is as a reader and like one thing I didn't realize is she was like, I don't know if this this narrator or this main character is a human or not from the way you've described them. I'm like, oh, they are a human, so I need to clarify <laughs> That's that. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like you know, very helpful things. Very small um, but it was also like very encouraging because I was like, oh, I know where to go from here. Like I know what my next steps are. So that was really good too. Right. And it I'm kind of that- gives you like especially with writing like it gives you like something to work on like yeah to be like okay i'm gonna go work on this tomorrow or whatever it kind of gives you another a step 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. very helpful. Very good. Great challenge, Christina. I'm so proud of you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> now I just have to make it's sure really people hard. know my characters are humans. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's like you, I don't know, I've had something similar where somebody was like, um, what happened here in this scene? And I'm like, oh, obviously, da-da-da-da-da. But it's like, obviously, if they're confused, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, like, you're just so used to reading it or, like, thinking about it. And you, so you kind of just, like, think it's going to be really easy to understand. Mm-hmm. But, like... That, kind of like when I, you read the book before you watch the movie, and you watch the movie, and it all makes sense to you. And somebody else watches the movie and they're like, what happened? Like, None what of that made on? any sense. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Nate? Um, I, had a, I had actually a similar experience to that as well. I, I sent, I have a song that I'm writing on, that I'm, that I'm working on, writing on. The <laughs> song that I'm working on. And Nate is having a stroke. It is, yeah. <laughs> I, um, this, it is unusual for me to ask for feedback on a song. Um, normally I don't show songs to people until they're finished. Um, or if I show something to someone while I'm still working on it, it's not it really in a sense of like asking for feedback. It's more of just like, hey, check out this thing that I'm working mm. on. Um, and, um, but I, I sent, I have a song that's, it's, I've got, it's got two verses and a chorus and a bridge and part of like a second chorus, I wanted to have another verse, um, but it's done enough that I have sort of the structure of it. So I sent it to two friends who are both songwriters. One of them is Derek, Becca's husband. Um, I didn't know you did that. He did tell me. Oh, well, I did. Really? <laughs> um, You're so uh, rude. Yeah, the other one was uh, my friend Ian. And, they, and Ian um, gave, uh, he like took, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to process this like a little bit at a time kind of. And he like went through and there was one line of, of the song where he was like, I'm not really sure what you mean by this. I'm not, I I don't know what you're saying. Um, and, uh, and so I was like, oh, okay, well that's, you know, that's something that I, that I maybe need to revisit. Derek's feedback was very positive, which I appreciated because I really respect Derek a lot as a songwriter. Also, Um, Derek can be very negative sometimes. That... (laughs) See, I de- like that's I Derek him is my writing once, never... and he was like, "So many adjectives, yuck." I feel like Derek is almost never negative with me, though. I don't well, know maybe what you're it just is. Better than me. I don't Love think that that that's true. For you. I don't think that that's true. I think that most people in my life kind of coddle me, and I'm not sure why. Um, no, it's literally because Becca is married to Derek. That's I think why it's... your perspectives are. I so am also perhaps a little bit more of an abrasive personality than you are. I well, it may just be because I look like a child, and so people want to like make sure <laughs> I that like I feel okay. <laughs> we all look like children, okay? That's true. Yeah. Um, but no, but Derek's Somebody feedback was interesting. Somebody asked me if I was the new eighth grader. I, <laughs> you were the new eighth grader. I played an eighth grader. That's wow. That's horrifying. I'm 31. That's, I get um, that all the time. That's um, okay. But I anyway. But Derek's feedback was interesting too because the song that I'm writing is like, it's in kind of like a pop punk style ish. I didn't send I didn't send either of them anything but the lyrics. I have a melody and stuff in mind, but I didn't mm. I didn't communicate that to them. But Derek's uh, feedback was interesting because he was like I he said like I started reading this in the voice of this one of this one person from Dawes, which is not 
a band that I listen to very much. I've listened to them some. Um, and I was like, oh, well, that's that's interesting. Like, the lyrics are hitting this way, and just the lyrics by themselves mm. are... I don't know. It's interesting to see, like, the way that, that it was reading to someone who, like, didn't know, like, the style that I was thinking of. Um, and it actually want, makes me want to go listen to Dawes more, because if it's... If, if their writing is similar to the vein that I'm in for this song, then maybe I can get some kind of inspiration from it as I'm trying to finish it. Um, so, but it was cool. It was like, it was outside of my comfort zone. Um, because like I said, asking for feedback for songs is just like not really something that I do, which is maybe not super healthy. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I get that. I do think it's hard because it's such like a process. I don't know. It's, it's like different. It is kind of weird to be like, Hey, here's my song, but I'm not finished. But like, <laughs> right. I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. Cause oh, songs are, I, they're fairly granular. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yes. it's, it's, you know, on average, but three and a half minutes long, it's not right. like, it's not like a long work that evolves a lot as it's being created. I mean, it does, but it's not anywhere near to the extent of like a novel or something or a musical or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I I did do this. I've been trying to like send small portions of my stuff to people more just to like and like just to like get as much feedback I, as I can, which like is not I'm not sure if that's the best thing. Um but so one person I actually haven't heard back from, which is like always kind of sad cuz you're like, "Oh, but I think she's just busy." Um but I did get some feedback this was a little bit ago now, but um, actually from Ty, who has been on the show. Um, nice. And he did, he kind of did like a similar thing where he like was so detailed and like sent me an email back with like positive stuff and then also like stuff to work on. It was just like so great. Um, just because I could tell, I just love when you can tell that it was like a thoughtful response. Like both, sounds yeah. like both of you guys got that too. And I just think that like says a lot about the other person and is just I don't know it's just really great and I I think the feedback that's like oh here's what like could be better is just like really invaluable and then you can also start to look out for that kind of feedback or like the same things from other people and be like oh this is like a thing I'm seeing a lot like how can I work on this mm -hmm. um and I also wanted to ask you guys this question just because I thought it was really interesting um, I was, I've been listening to like these podcast episodes, um, of like people in the, that work in the theater and it, it's this specific guy that interviews all of them and they, he asks the same question every time and he's like, do you read reviews? And it's like writers, actors, um, music, composers, like it's all the spectrum of like the theater, but he always asks them, do you read reviews? And about like half of them are like, no. I don't. No, I don't oh. do that. And about half of them are like, of course. Like, I want to know what people think. I want to like keep a a pulse on the pulse, finger on the pulse, mm -hmm. um, to like what people think. And if I see things come up a lot, like I want to know. So I just was wondering if like you guys could read reviews of like your work consistently, like if you had to, or like your work was out like enough. Do you think that you would read them? Or do you think that you would not read them? 
I think the... I would read them and then cry for days. Yeah. So no, I... And then I'd go back for more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the the narcissist in me absolutely would. Um, yeah. I like I I because I want to like I do want to know what people think. I actually was because I you know we just I just finished up being in this play and so oh, yeah. Did, did you read the reviews? I did. I read the. Mm. There was one review published and I did read it. Um, I thought I actually was a little because I thought that there was. I thought there was going to be another review too. Like two people came on press night and I thought both of them were writing reviews, but one of them I guess never got published or something. And I was like kind of disappointed because so I wanted to read. <laughs> I know maybe they just like oh this is <laughs> this is awful. Particularly the particularly that Nate kid. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but Your play was good. It was a good play. Thank you. I appreciate that. I but I uh, but I did read the review and it was I don't know I. I, uh, yeah, you have to, right? Like, right. I mean, I, well, because, I mean, I read it just because I want to know what people think, but I also, I think that art is communication mm-hmm. and it is mostly one way communication. You... Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, you want to know how it's being received. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, I understand why some people would not want to read reviews Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to read them. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I want to know if stuff is landing or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Was it a was it a good review? It was a good review. I felt pretty good about, about it. You? Uh, that well, I don't. I mean, they said nice things. I feel weird repeating <laughs> nice things. Yeah, we'll look it up. We'll the handsomest man on earth. Depicted <laughs> 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 Seymour with the most angelic of voices. <laughs> I will say that they did comment on something that I was doing intentionally, which made me feel good. Like, it was like an intentional choice that I made that they thought was good. What was your choice? Um, I did, like, a lot of ad-libbing, which I think technically you're not supposed to do. But I did a lot of it. And and they, I think that they They liked liked it. it. Which is cool. And really, it could have been anything, if that they had anything specific that they had commented on. But I liked that they commented (laughs) on something that I did on purpose. Yeah. um, That landed. Becca, you would not read them? I think them. I would, just because when people have criticized me about other things in my life, I have read it and then reread it and thought about it some more. But the, I think I would feel really sad and anxious <laughs> and worried, and then I would be like a glutton for punishment going back. Would you? Would you read reviews? I think I would, yeah. Unless, yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta know. Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't know. One person on the podcast, I can't remember who it was, but she, they were like, oh, I have somebody read them and like send me a selected like few or like if something was said multiple times, I have them send me like those mm. things. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like Nate said, it's like you want to know how you're communicating what you're trying to communicate and like how that's mm-hmm. being perceived so Nate what are your challenges um okay yeah so I have challenges for next week um and they are so the, I have three of them uh the first one is um what are consider what are some of your limitations what can or should you ask for help with so that your art can flourish Um, make a list and brainstorm some people you could ask for help and for bonus points we're not giving points but i'm giving bonus points uh (laughs) follow through and ask one of those people for help oh that Um, flows really nicely from christina's yeah Yeah, i was thinking i was like yeah we're really 
we're really uh, good job. doing good with like segues this week. Mm-hmm. Um, second one is um, undertake a small reinvention of your art this week. Create something that is unusual for you. So for example, hmm. um, so draw or paint something in a style different from what you'd normally do or write a poem instead of a song or write something in, in a different style or genre. It can be anything um, as long as it is two things. One, different, and two, still you. Um, just some kind of reinvention of that. Really appreciate um, that you said genre, right? Because a lot of people say genre, and it's genre, <laughs> so thank you. And, 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 and the, unless you're the late, great uh, Alex Trebek, and then you just say genre. I don't know if you've seen There's like whole compilation videos of him saying the word genre. Really? Um, yeah, it's hilarious. Um, oh, gosh. Anyway, um, but, but the third one is uh, think of someone that you consider to be a professional. Um, what makes you think of them in that way? And what mm. can you take from their creative approach or their creative journey to further your own? Um, and I, I guess, again, for bonus points, follow through and like do one of those things. Huh. Um, those are good. Those are great challenges. Thank you. And we're doing pages 94 to 107, right? 94 to 107. Yep, that's right. Well, dear listener, listen to those things. I mean, read those things. And do those things. <laughs> do those things. Thank you for listening to Coffee and Creatives. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to support us in our creative journeys and podcasts, please rate and review our show on whatever platform you're enjoying it. You can also follow us on our Instagram and Facebook page. To learn more about our creative journey, check out our Instagram at Coffee and Creatives. We publish a blog every Friday, which you can find on our website, coffeeandcreativesproject.com. Our theme music is by Patrick Nichols. Derek McCauley and Patrick Nichols are our producers. Christina Nichols is our special event and guest creative. Rebecca McCauley is our writing content creative. Nate Hutchins is our content creative. Noah McManus is our creative director. 